All right, guys, welcome back. It is Zach, as always, with Vox Daemonicus, your dark apostle for all things chaos and chaos related. It's good to be back, guys. First of all, just want to apologize. I know that it's been uh, a couple of minutes since we last talked, a little bit more than a week, in fact. Unfortunately, had a couple of uh, real life things come up, and as always, Real life is going to take precedence. You know, uh, the job that I have on a day-to-day basis pays quite a lot more than this podcast that I do for free. Uh, so obviously going to give that a little bit more of my attention than the podcast. But really happy to be back. Happy to talk with you guys, as always. Your response and um, participation in this little experiment has been pretty exciting. Uh, a little bit more than I expected and very rewarding so far. You know, already been making some friends out there outside of my usual play group from people writing into the show and offering, you know, some great constructive criticism as well as wanting to be on the show. On that note, we do have a couple of guests lined up. I'm hoping actually to have a um, new episode out this time next week. So looking around July 16th, hopefully interviewing a gentleman um, out of uh, Texas that was running a T3 spam list is what I'm going to call it. He might have separate thoughts on how that list actually plays, but that's uh, the whole purpose of uh, talking to people, kind of getting their views on how their chaos lists are running, what they think uh, the list is going to do, and then how it actually does. In that respect, too, today is another Road to War episode, uh, which is going to make it uh, the fourth episode that we've done that covers tournament play. So you guys are probably starting to see a little bit of a pattern here. Um, do want to say totally open to narrative and open play. However, that's not really uh, what I focus in on as a Warhammer 40,000 player. And so I don't have a great understanding of it. But if you guys are like crusade players out there, hit me up on Facebook. You know, we have a Facebook presence. It's Fox Daemonicus. Definitely go there. Let me know what I'm missing with Crusade and uh, more than happy to talk to you, you know, in an interview format or some other format here on the show, uh, really just to kind of cover Crusade in in detail. So with that, uh, we are going to get started here in just a second, uh, talking through my list. As a heads up, this is a world leaders list. Uh, I was considering bringing a few other different lists, Uh, obviously all chaos, nothing else. Um, but on the way up to the road, uh, excuse me, on the way up to the triple threat, uh, team tournament a couple of weeks ago, I realized that I'm currently number 11 in chaos space Marines and number three in world leaders for the, uh, best in faction competition that frontline gaming network does every year. Of course, the world leaders is not a faction that actually gets awarded by FLG. However, there's a gentleman out of Australia that is, uh, doing I guess, um, impromptu or unofficial best in faction for world eaters. And so I'm kind of trying to compete for that. Surprisingly enough, the guy that's number one for world eaters is also number one for chaos space Marines. And so if I want to get a best in faction for chaos space Marines, I got to defeat him. And so it's kind of locking me into world eaters for the rest of the year. Not that that's a problem because I straight up love world eaters. Uh, they were my first chaos army and, uh, always will be my number one, I think. So cool. Let's take a quick break, guys, and then I'll get into the actual list. All right. All 
All right, guys, we're back from break. Thanks for hanging out. Let's get into it. All right, so my list, uh, it's called World Eaters Contemptors. So I wonder if you guys know what it's going to have in it. So basically, let's walk through the list really quick. So starting out, it's just a single battalion of World Eaters. If you guys don't know, um, World Eaters are kind of the combat specialists of the Chaos Space Marine faction, and they are quite fucking good at it, I have to say. Their Legion trait, I think it's called Butcher's Nails, um, you know, I've been playing this codex for like four years, so you think that I understand and remember what all the different uh, like kind of lore names are for the rules mechanics, but I don't. Regardless, basically what it is, is you get a additional attack on top of Hateful Assault when you charge. So if a unit um, that this applies to, which is uh, infantry, hellbrutes, and bikers, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. Infantry, hellbrutes, and bikers. When they attack, when they charge, are charged or perform a heroic intervention, they get an extra attack. That's what Hateful Assault is. Butcher's Nails, if that's what it's called, I should probably look this up. Um, basically, it just gives them an extra attack on top of that. Uh, it's important to note that there are several units in this sub-faction, specifically Karn the Betrayer and Corn Berserkers, as well as Red Butcher's Terminators, that fight twice in the fight phase. When you do that, you do lose that Legion bonus. Um, on the second fight, which kind of sucks. It's it's a really unfortunate um, kind of rules interaction. So you really only get one extra attack out of it every turn for every model, uh, because ideally these guys are always attacking um, or assaulting, I should say. It's not really a major issue uh, losing that one attack because usually uh, world leaders hit like a fucking truck when they get into combat and not much stands up against um, a fight phase from Corn Berserkers or Karn, or Red Butcher's Terminators. Anyhow, so let's get into it. Like I said, World Eaters Contemptors is the name of the list. It is uh, obviously a Strike Force 2,000-point army, giving me 12 CP to start with. I actually end up starting with 8 CP, um, 8, of course, being the sacred number of Korn. Haha, <laughs> nice little lore tie-in there. Um, and, of course, that's after, you know, uh, buying a couple of upgrades and things in the pregame. So for HQ... We start out with a Dark Apostle. Uh, he is my Warlord. He has Violent Urgency for his Warlord trait, which is plus one to advance and charge for World Eaters units within six. His Relic is the Banner of Rage. Basically, he unfurls the Banner of Rage. I think that's actually what the script is in the Codex. He unfurls the Banner of Rage, and that gives World Eaters units within six an additional attack. I believe that's only for that combat phase, but it's still pretty powerful. Like if he's right there in the thick of things, um, he can really help to clear him out. He also has the Benediction of Darkness Prayer. That's a negative one to hit. You do have to attempt to um, you know, have that prayer heard at the beginning of your turn. And primarily I see these, this guy as being embarked when he's not actually out fighting. Um, and so I doubt he'll use that too frequently. Of course, he's Mark of Corn, and then he also has Wrathful Entreaty, which is another prayer that makes him into a little bit more of a blender. I rarely, if ever, use that. I've also got Karn the Betrayer in there. Everyone knows what Karn does in combat. He's an absolute blender, but I think, and of course, this is how I'm going to use him in this list, he's very effective in more of a gunline setting. Basically, Karn gives out rerolls to all hit rolls um, while within one a friendly world leaders unit and so you can pack a decent amount of shooting punch into that one inch range um, and really increase your efficiency obviously we don't really think about 
world leaders as being a shooting army or most certainly a static gunline army. But in my play style and overall theory on list construction, I think that you need to be active in as many phases as possible. And so if we build a traditional world leaders list, we really negate shooting. And of course, we can't even have psychers. And so we lose out on the psychic phase. But by using Karn to help boost the shooting that is available to us, which is everything that's not God-locked, like locked into a chaos mark, we really, you know, help out the overall efficiency of the list. So anyhow, Karn's there. Uh, I'll get into him more. For my troops, I've got five five-man units of Corn Berserkers. These uh, Corn Berserkers, uh, the champion is equipped with two Lightning Claws. Lightning Claws are definitely the new hotness in Chaos Space Marines right now, as they give you an extra attack for each claw, and they're relatively affordable too. I think they're five points apiece on a base model. They're free for Terminators too, by the way. So this champion, with his fight twice, his base attacks, um, and then his Legion trait and health, Hateful Assault gets something like 13 attacks on the charge, which is pretty fantastic. And you have to interrupt to get in front of that. And those are Strength 5, because that's the base of a Terminator. So Strength 5, AP Neg 2, Flat 1 Damage, Free Rolling Wounds. So this guy could very feasibly cl clear out an entire Intercessor, you know, a five-man Intercessor squad if you wanted to. On top of that, you know, we've got four other Corn Berserkers in there. They're going to toss a boatload of attacks out behind him. Um, they have Chain Swords and Chain Axes. I do not have Icons of Wrath on any of these squads. I usually run Icons, but in theory, crafting this list, I really got to thinking about it. And with five troop choices, I can save 50 points by dropping them and bring almost a whole squad of other stuff later on in the list. Also, I have five Corn Berserker squads, and most of them, actually all of them now that I think about it, are going to start the game embarked in rhinos. And so they'll get nine inches of movement when they disembark out of a rhino, ideally. And so I really shouldn't need to reroll charges um, because I've got the redundancy of five squads along with quite a lot of movement. These guys have a good threat range. I shouldn't need that built in. And of course, I've always got those eight CP there ready to go. Um, and get these guys into combat if I really need it. So that's our troops. No cultists or anything, and of course no Chaos Space Marines, because I just really don't like bringing Chaos Space Marines in a World Eaters list. It, it feels very underutilized. Though I will say they do get that extra attack still, so if you put a Chain Sword on a Chaos Space Marine, um, you know, he'd get like, uh, what is that, four attacks base if he charged or was charged? It's not terrible. All right, moving on, elites. I have two Chaos Contemptor Dreadnights. Excuse me, Contemptor Dreadnoughts. Man, not Dreadnights, guys. I, I'm not souping in Grey Knight shit, I promise you. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Anyhow, two Chaos Contemptor Dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts, I did it again. Good lord, guys. I'm looking at it right now, and I still can't say Dreadnought. Contemptor Dreadnoughts, that's what I'm running. They're both Mark of Corn. these Dreadnoughts. And um, they've both got twin Volkite culverins, so two twin Volkite culverins. If you guys don't know, Volkite culverins are kind of, again, a new hotness. Um, thanks to John Lennon, he seems to have really popularized these with his Ultramarines list. Um, frankly, they're better in Ultramarines just because Marines have more toys than Chaos Space Marines. Um, Chaos Space Marines are frankly dealing with a codex that at its base is four years old and has some bolt-ons that 
made it a little bit cooler and give us a few more options to play with, but really only extended the life and didn't refresh the codex at all. Whereas Loyalist Marines got a full refresh at the end of 8th, and hey, once again got a new codex at 9th, yet we sit here um, being miserable. It's great. Anyhow, Contemptors, uh, the Volkite Culverin, pretty fantastic. It's, you know, heavy 8, 45-inch range, so that's 16 shots per model. They're going to be strength 6. They're AP 0, which is a little unfortunate, but that's mitigated by 16 shots. Um, and damage 2. Also, every time you roll an unmodified wound roll of 6 with the Volkrins, the Volkite Culverins, you inflict one mortal wound on the target in addition to any normal damage. So a six to wound does one mortal wound and then has the possibility to do two additional wounds on top of that. Honestly, I've uh, I've used this list a couple of times in practice games and the Contemptors basically sit on a back objective with good lines of fire through the rest of the field. And of course that's uh, terrain dependent, but they sit there with Karn getting full rerolls and they just chip away at the enemy army slowly and steadily, making you pick up units and models over the course of the game and really dictating the tempo at which the enemy can operate. On top of that, in the elite slot, I've got Terminators. Uh, there are seven bodies in this um, Terminator list. Uh, I was trying to get to eight, but the points just weren't there. And of course, eight was really just because, you know, eight is the number of corn and not for really any other issue. Um, so on these eight Terminators, I paid two CP for Red Butchers. This turns them into Corn Berserkers, so it gives them plus one strength to their base, and then it also lets them fight twice in the fight phase. That special rule is called Blood for the Blood God. Again, you have to interrupt to get in front of that. So if I get like four or five units into combat at the same time, like in an assault type situation, you have to interrupt to really stop the fight the double fight of uh, one of those units. And then you just take it on the chin from the rest of them. Now you have to play that carefully as a world leaders player and really think through how you're, you know, assaulting, but it can be very powerful. You can, you can win a game in one fight phase with this. And so these guys are pretty beastly. I've got combi melters on them, all seven of them, and then a lightning claw as well. And so these guys are just going to toss out a bucket load of attacks. I, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 80 attacks or something like that when they fight twice. Um, I could do the math really quick. Let's see. I think a uh, Terminator gets two attacks base, plus he charged. And then he gets another one for charging with that Legion trait. And then he gets another one for having a Lightning Claw. So each one of these guys gets five attacks which turns into nine attacks when they fight again. The Terminator Champion gets six attacks, which turns into another five attacks. So, shit, I've completely lost, yeah, um, with seven of them, like 63 some odd attacks, somewhere in there. Difference between 63 and 80 though, up against most stuff isn't really gonna matter. These guys are gonna just butcher dudes. I did take the combi melters on them too, like I said, um, simply because I really want to have a little bit of anti-tank punch. Um, the Contemptors can kind of do it, but being at strength six and not having a way to really bump up their uh, wounding is a little bit of an issue. Moving on into fast attack, I've got three squads of eight Raptors. There's my uh, big uh, Mark of Corn number eight thing. Uh, these guys just have bolt pistols and chainswords. 
Honestly, uh, Raptors are dirt cheap for what they do. Like an eight-man unit is 120 points, so 360 points for, you know, 24 models. Um, yeah, and honestly, like, it, these guys are good skirmishers. They're not going to pick up units like the Terminators or the Berserkers are going to do, but they will get out there, they'll skirmish on objectives in the early game, and they're really fantastic for scoring secondary points to, like, engage on all fronts. And also, behind enemy lines. Usually the Terminators are doing that for me or helping out with that, but these guys are so fast and do have that inherent deep strike capability uh, that they can really do it well. In the last RTT that I played with World Eaters, which was before the tournament started, um, excuse me, before the podcast started, I did a pretty good job with these guys um, and, and they really helped out quite a lot throughout the course of the game, uh, the games that I played. Of course, then there were only 16 of them and now I have 24, so hopefully... Those added numbers will really help out with my uh, primary and secondary scoring. Uh, I do also have a little bit more heavy support uh, in the form of some Havocs. Uh, I'm using Reaper Chain Cannons on these guys, and they're pretty much solely there. Um, they'll probably park in the back with Karn or off to one side. Um, they're, they're really there to clear out screens. Um, with World Eaters and melee armies in general, I find it very important to clean out screens pretty quickly, and these guys are fantastic at that. They're also good at plinking damage off stronger stuff too. Um, there's just a boatload of shots that come out of them, and they are eligible for Veterans of the Long War. So it, it's uh, you know pretty helpful. And then to finish out the list, I have three Chaos Rhinos. These have a single bolter on them and nothing else because I did not have the points for any Havoc Launchers or Commies. And they are there just to drive around uh, Quorum Berserkers to all the different places that they need to be. All right, cool. So that's the list. I'm going to take another quick break, guys, because I've been running my mouth here for a little bit. And uh, then we'll get right back into what I think this list does and how I think it plays. Okay, guys, and we're back from break. This is actually my second time recording this because somehow I clicked the stop recording button on the first round. So what does this list do? Honestly, it eats people's faces, if given the chance. Um, you know, world leaders, if you guys aren't aware, are the combat specialists of Chaos Space Marines. Um, their real strength is that they have corn uh, Berserkers as a troop choice, along with cultists and um, Chaos Space Marines. Uh, and of course, that's really great in ninth edition because flipping objectives, especially in your opponent's turn, is ideal uh, for doing well on primary point scoring in ninth edition. And Corn Berserkers, you know, being obsec and then also just being a straight up punch you in the damn mouth uh, unit are really great at that. These and so my my concept here is that you know in the early game, I really want to kind of play cagey. I want to be aggressive but cagey. So what do I want to be aggressive with? My Raptors. Like I said, I took these guys to an RTT before this podcast started and went two and one with them. And um, it was a similar list. Um, there's been a couple of changes, but one of the big hold steadies through that, aside from the Terminators and Berserkers, is uh, the Raptors. In that version of the list, I took two A-man squads. Of course, in this version of the list, I have three. I was pretty impressed by the um, performance of the Raptors. Uh, especially in early game. World Eaters have a great stratagem called Apoplectic Frenzy. And what that does is you use it in deployment. So I think uh, the exact phasing is you deploy, you know, you and your opponent, you're done, great. 
all that good stuff. Right before the roll off, you say, I'm going to use apoplectic frenzing on this unit and that unit. It's pre-game, so there's no phase restriction, so you can use it several times. And I like to use it on two Raptors units. So anyhow, you use it, you roll up to see who goes first. And then those two units, or however many units you selected, get a free nine-inch movement. So if I'm going first, I like to run those guys out onto objectives really quick. It's up to nine inches, not anymore. Uh, Raptors, of course, have a 12-inch movement, so you're only using you know three-fourths of their movement, but that's fine. It works out. So anyhow, you run those guys out onto objectives and then you're standing there saying, hey, suck my ass, uh, basically to your enemy. And of course, uh, if you're going first, you're moving those guys 21 inches and very likely have two first turn charges before your enemy can even blink um, and uh, get moves. So one, that really can disrupt your opponent's thought process if you're getting turn one charges on them. Raptors aren't necessarily going to like shred units but they can tie them up and even delete some uh, possible screening units before they can start screening stuff, which is big for a close combat army. You need to focus on clearing out screens. Also, um, you know, depending upon deployment styles, um, how your opponent actually puts his units on the board, you very well may not get a first turn uh, charge. In fact, you know, if you're playing a savvy opponent, they're going to realize what world leaders do. Like, we're, we're not a subtle army, you know, um, Subtle to play, very much a finesse army, in my opinion. Uh, but our overall strategy is not something that's hard to figure out. You know, blood for the blood god. What am I going to do? Pick up your fucking units. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, you know, a smart opponent will not allow you to get those first turn charges against anything uh, good. Um, and possibly not even against anything. So you would use apoplectic frenzy, go first, hopefully... Um, and get onto objectives. At that point, you could start raising the banner on center objectives, which is very powerful. Um, that is forcing your opponent to go into those center objectives. You could also, um, you know, just get those raptors up into a spot where they're uh, obscured, but are hanging out ready to threaten anything that comes into range. Again, raptors aren't necessarily going to pick up anything too meaty, but with uh, different stratagems like Stoke the Nails and Wild Fury, uh, they can get Death to the False Emperor on fives against Imperial units, on sixes against everything else, and then also plus one AP. So that'll make their Astartes Chainswords neg two AP. And that's pretty solid. Um, that, that will surprise things. Uh, you're putting Terminators on four ups, you'll pick up a couple of Terminators with the 20 or 30 attacks that you have there. Um, and so, you know, good stuff. So that's what I do if I'm going first. Uh, if I'm going second, usually I'll either get those Raptors, like I said, into a midfield kind of area where they're obscured and threatening uh, and kind of dictating tempo and movement. Or I'll pull them back a little bit more into my deployment zone and have them, again, obscured and ready so that I can use them. Raptors are really fantastic, too, for things like deep striking. This, uh, this list, depending upon what I'm fighting against, very much enjoys taking behind enemy lines. I have four units that can deep strike, and while I usually only deep strike one Raptor squad, I've always got those Terminators in reserve. I don't know that I've ever actually started Terminators on the table and been happy with the result. And so, you know, Raptors can get up there, Terminators can deep strike, uh, and then of course Rhinos can do a good job of moving up into your enemy deployment zone and scoring on um, behind enemy lines. Another secondary that I like is uh, engage on all fronts. 
Engage on all fronts is a good standby. It's not one that I want to take immediately out of the gate, but if I'm not sure of an objective to take in that category, I'll go for it. Again, rhinos are quick, and so are raptors, and so I can usually get above 10 points on that. While all that's happening and I'm doing my secondary play, of course, what I'm really looking to do in the KG aspect of play that I referenced earlier is with my rhinos and my corn berserkers. So those rhinos give corn berserkers a three-inch disembark move on top of their six-inch movement. Um, of course, that happens at the beginning of the movement phase, so you can't move disembark and assault like you could in previous editions. But you can move up, pop smoke. Hopefully, your rhino is still there um, for the next turn. And then uh, hop those bad boys out and give them a 21-inch threat range. And again, that comes from a three-inch disembark, a six-inch regular move, and then a 12-inch charge range. Of course, reliably, they're not going to get more than a 7 or an 8-inch charge. Again, I don't have Icon of Wrath on these guys, so unless I'm willing to burn a CP very strategically, I'm not going to be re-rolling my charges. Um, however, you know, it gives them a good threat range. And Corn Berserkers trade very well into things. I used to run these guys with Power Fists on the champions to make them Strength 10, so I'm punching Knights on a 3. Um, however, uh, I got kind of tired of the... Um, kind of the whiff that I tended to have. Um, power fists are neg one to hit. And so on a corn berserker, they're hitting on fives. Um, excuse me, fours, I should say. And so you're dropping half your attacks. And I felt like I was statistically dropping more than half. Also with damage reduction from uh, Death Guard, which is still prevalent in the meta, uh, you, you really, th those don't feel good. Um, dropping, you know, half your attacks and then having two go through saves and congratulations, you killed one plague Marine feels bad. Um, so yeah, but anyhow, so these guys like to play KG. Uh, I like to get those rhinos up behind obscuring terrain so they can't be seen, uh, or shot necessarily. And then having those berserkers run out and catch things in the open or run onto objectives and clear them off. Usually these guys are suicide squads. One thing I will say is that if you're playing World Eaters, get used to trading your units, especially on things like Berserkers and Raptors. I mentioned it earlier, but uh, Berserkers trade up very nicely, and Raptors are not integral to your game plan, and so you should be willing to have them all die. Just remember that Corn doesn't really care where the blood flows from or where the skulls are coming from as long as they're coming, so keep that in mind. Um, yeah, so while all that's happening, my Berserkers are getting into place to do well on primary and flip objectives. Raptors are out there scoring secondaries. I want my Terminators to keep my opponent honest and keep him in his deployment zone, excuse me, in his deployment zone or screening where he doesn't want those to drop. Usually, my Chain Cannon Havocs and Contemptors with Karn supporting through rerolls will be able to clear out screens to get those guys into a tasty little spot, though. Um, where they can drop in, shoot some Meltas, hopefully pick up a vehicle, and then charge into something on maybe a back objective or in a critical spot or into a combat that I really need to go my way. Um, those guys, like I said, I think they've got like 60 or 70 attacks on them. They can really do well. It's also important to note that my Terminators do have the Icon of Wrath, so they will be rerolling that charge if they need to. Uh, of course, coming in from Deep Strike on a 9-inch charge, um, that makes it a little bit less than reliable um if you guys you know kind of understand dice mechanics seven is the number that you will roll most frequently with two dice there's just you know with two dice that's the one that 
most combinations add up to is seven. Um, all my blackjack players out there are pretty excited or sad, depending upon how craps went for you. Excuse me. All my craps players are excited, not blackjack. Blackjack's card, guys. Um, this is why I don't gamble so much. But anyhow, um, you know, a seven inch is what you can rely on. Nine inches, of course, is two inches more than that. And so you really want that reroll to kind of hedge your bets. Uh, it reduces your variance a little bit. Um, yeah, so they're there to really threaten. And of course, like I said, the contemptors are there to plink wounds off of stuff um, and pick up units. And then chain cannons are there to, uh, you know, remove screens and then also plink damage. So again, I'll touch on it. Secondaries I like for this army engage on all fronts, but I'm more of a fan of behind enemy lines. Um, that one just feels better. And it feels like as a naturally aggressive player, I'm always moving towards that enemy deployment zone, whereas engage kind of pulls me away sometimes depending upon the map. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I just like behind enemy lines more. Um, I think engage is probably the better overall meta choice, but you know, you got to do with what you're comfortable with. Um, from there, grind them down sometimes works for this army. Um, for, I think it's search and destroy the mission. Um, the one that has direct assault as the mission secondary. I love that one. I want to be on that central, central objective and will dump my entire army into it to max that. Um, and then, yeah, everything else is really mission dependent. This army does do a great job of raising the banners. If given uh, a couple of objectives close to my deployment zone, it can very easily max raise the banners, especially because it wants to raise those banners and then run forward and start punching you in the midboard and hold you there for a few turns, giving me the opportunity to rack up my score with it. Of course, primaries, you know, I'm getting berserkers onto objectives. I like to park a rhino with two squads of berserkers on an objective and dare you to shoot that rhino out from underneath those berserkers because then I've just got two obsec squads standing on an objective. Doesn't always work so well against a shooting army because sometimes those two obsec squads will get picked right the fuck up. Um, but there are tricks that you can do with things like emergency disembark along with a few stratagems that the world leaders have for consolidation movements uh, to kind of jank around with that. Um, overall, like I said, I, I think that this is really a finesse army. Uh, it is a, you know, in your face army, but combat and movement, especially movement in combat. So pylons and consolidations are so important to how this list works um, that it kind of becomes a finesse army. And so that's kind of my general rambling thoughts on how this list will work. We'll see how it actually does. Of course, you know, just like any other player going to any tournament, I'd like to go 3-0 and win the whole thing and, you know, be the greater champion of corn for the Southeast and all that shit. But in reality, I'll be very happy with the 2-1 performance this weekend. Um, yeah, and that's about all you can hope for, I think, with a uh, codex that's in the spot of... Uh, Chaos Space Marines and the sub-faction like World Eaters within that. Uh, cool. So I'm going to close out the show, guys. We're coming in to that magical 30-minute mark. And um, yeah, I will say uh, I think we're going to do our first iteration of the Rogues Gallery coming up with a gentleman out of uh, Texas that was uh, playing some uh, heavy T3 model count um, lists. Looking forward to that. Hopefully that'll come out next week. So as always, 
like I always say, you know, I very much enjoy your guys' participation in the show. This is intended to be everyone's show, so please, you know, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. I appreciate the constructive criticism that I've received so far, and it's been very helpful. I do take that into consideration um, when planning these episodes, and even while I'm, uh, you know, sitting here chatting at you. Really want to make this a good show for you guys um, so that we can all kind of grow as chaos players and make this faction as great as it can be. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys are having a good one. Take it easy. And as always, get to the False Emperor. Hey guys, Zach from Vox Demonicus here. Just giving you a quick reminder to check us out on Facebook. We're under Vox Demonicus there. Uh, go ahead and give that page a like. It's the best way to stay updated on what we're doing around here. And you can also look at stupid memes that I share. Also, if you're able to on the aggregator that you use to listen to podcasts, please leave us a review. That really helps, you know, kind of boost our numbers and uh, expose us to people that haven't found Vox Demonicus yet. So if you could do those two things, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening today, guys. And as always, debt to the False Emperor.